Here we go. For the next seven weeks, we're going to work through a series called Transform Lives. In fact, the way uh, Rick Warren put it, because we're using his materials for our small groups and everything, he said it's how God changes us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind is part of Romans 12, and that's where we're going. And here's why I'm excited about this series. Because so many times in your life and mine, we're at, at stages of our lives where we got a million things going. We're not even exactly sure what we're thinking. And, and suddenly we, we stop for a minute and we look at his scripture and we say, okay, God, how is it you want to transform me? How is it you want to take and help me realize that there are some things in my life that you want to work through and change me and continue to, to live in me and through me in the days ahead? And, and so here's the thing. Some of the, the, the steps we're going to talk to you about in the days ahead, in the next seven weeks, you're going to go, well, that's not even me at all. And I'm okay with that. But I'm asking the Holy Spirit to speak to me about maybe one of the points or a couple of the things each week that say, you know what, John, this is what I want you to realize as far as being transformed, okay? So here's, here, here we go. My hope is that you can, you can be transformed as you walk with the Lord. The passage of Scripture we want to use today is a familiar one. And it's the prodigal son. You've heard about the prodigal son if you've been in, in Sunday school, if you've been in Bible studies, if you read the word on a regular basis, you realize that, uh, that the prodigal son is, is a great story. Here's what I want you to realize again today. Jesus uses parables to bring points across to you and me that we can relate to. So when he teaches this, the illustration on the, the prodigal son, he's hoping that we will realize that that in listening to the story, the Holy Spirit will give us the ability to apply those points to our lives that we can relate to. So we'll suddenly go, you know what? I can see where I, I, I maybe have been a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter in, in my life. And, and what I want you to hear today is the first area that we want to talk about is being transformed spiritually. And, and here's the interesting thing. We're going we're gonna to talk about transformations for spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, and vocationally, so that as we go through this series, we can look ourselves, and I want you to join me on all of them. And if you want to get into a small group, we've got journals that start to tomorrow, and we begin to see a 50-day adventure of learning what it means to be transformed. Back to the story, prodigal son. You know, you know the story. We're, we're in a generation, we're all part of this, where it's, it's about me and mine, and it's all mine, and, and everything I've got, I need now. And, and we begin to focus our lives around making us best for us, if you allow me to use that, that phrase. Everything we're going to do is going to put us in a good light. We're going to have the creature comforts we want. We're going to have the, all the things we want to do that I remember when I was first in ministry, very first time I was in ministry, I talked to, I had a staff of nine. I was 22 years old. And two guys looked at me who I thought were very talented and said, John, don't you ever ask me to do anything outside the church. I just want to show up here and sit here. And they were leading two of my Sunday school classes. And I thought, now there's growth for you. I'm 22 years old at the time. Hey, they lasted about three weeks and then they were no longer part of my staff. I just said, hey, I got to have people that are interested in, in letting God transform them and begin to, to do some things in three. So that's where I'm going today. I want you to just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me in the area. Okay, prodigal son, John, get to it. Luke 15, starting with verse 11. This is out of the New Living Translation. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. 
The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both you and heaven, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on, a, on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his own son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. You know, a lot of us live in that arena. When we know that there's people that we love have wandered away. And I want you to think with me this morning, and I apologize, but everybody tells me not to apologize, but I know the tears have meaning, and here's the meaning. There are people whom you and I love that are lost, and they need to be found. And as we're transformed, he's going to do that. So we're going to work through four points this morning, and the last one's the one I want to get to, especially because I want you to learn that we can celebrate. We can sing to God as we see him do great things. Rick Warren comes up with these statements, and I like them. I'm going to use it. I know I can. I've got the copyright ability. But he says things that I like because it just makes sense. And you and I know these things. But here's the, the phrase that he came up with. The further away you get from God, the more your life will be troubled. You and I know that. That's pretty simple. He says, the closer you get to God, the more your life is transformed. Let me say that again. The further away you get from God, the more your life will be troubled. The closer you get to God, the more your life is transformed. So there's four areas that I want to talk about with you this morning. And, and again, my prayer is that, that even as I prepared this message, God spoke to me about certain areas in my life that I need in spiritual transformation. The first one is our realization. And we get to a place in life where everything just seems to, to flow and, you know, we, we know we're not happy. We know we can't really do anything different. We know there's some things we should change. There's no, we know there's some ways we should discipline ourselves. There's, no, there's ways we know that we should change our attitudes. There's things we need to do that are different, but we're okay just kind of plowing through life. And suddenly we get to that place, many of us, where we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that was the prodigal son. He, just in a couple of phrases you'll see on the screen, he wasted it all and nothing left. He got desperate and hungry, and he says he finally came to his senses. We come to a point where we are fed up with our lives. We're overworked, we're too busy, we don't like the life we're working, we can't change the things that we know God wants to change, but we just kind of seem to keep going, and suddenly we come to this place where we go, I'm sick of it. But maybe we don't say that to everybody, we just say it to ourselves. We realize that we are sick and tired, of being sick and tired. The second part of our, our realization is there's an understanding that we need God, understanding our need for God. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 13. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a, famous, a great verse. 29, 12 is good. Here's what 13 says in the message, understanding our need for God. 
When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. God knows us. He knows we are in need of his love and his mercy and his grace, and he will find us. Is that where you find yourself this morning? And maybe it's not so drastic in that you say, John, you know, I'm, I'm just this horrible sinner, but maybe there's some things inside of you that you just know that God is gonna come and find you and, and take care of you, which is awesome. The second thing is our responsibility. And this is the way that we put it. Our sin separates us from God. Isaiah 59, two says this, but your iniquities have separated you from, from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Our sin separates from God. We're lonely, we're discouraged, but it is not everlasting. And this is what we're supposed to do. Own up to our sin. Own up to our sin. The prodigal son, again, in 15 verses 17 and 18, when he came to his senses, he said, I have sinned against God and you. That's a huge step. It's a step that, that a lot of us get hung up on. We can't really say, hey, I've sinned against God. We cannot own up to our sin. We're too proud. We're afraid that if we say that, we're gonna let people down. We're afraid that if we point that out, something amazingly drastic is gonna happen to us. But we are willing to sit with that sin in our lives. We did a study in our community group last year, two years ago, and it was, called, it was by John Ortberg, about getting close to God. And he shared the story about Pharaoh when Pharaoh, when, when Moses was trying to get the nation of Israel to be, to, to be let go, to be freed, all the plagues came, the locusts, and the, one of them was the frogs. And, and, and his point was, here's Pharaoh, and all these frogs are everywhere, and they just kind of got used to the frogs being there. They just, I mean, they were gross, but they just decided, hey, we're just going to ignore this. And so all these frogs, every day they woke up and they were everywhere, and they just kept going, hey, we're going to be fine, we're going to be fine. And all he had to do was, was forgive what he was doing against God. So maybe there's frogs in your life and mine that we have not owned up to. That we are simply willing to just put up with day after day after day when God simply says to you and me, hey, own up to it. And when you own up to it, I'm gonna start giving you the ability, I'm gonna transform you. Brian did a wonderful job talking about transformation. I didn't even pay him for that part of it. And what you realize is that, that that's what he's asking us to do. Own up to our sin. Psalm 51, one through four, the English version says this, be, ver be merciful to me, O God, because of your constant love. Because of your great mercy, wipe away my sins. Wash away all my evil and make me clean. I recognize my faults and I am conscious that I have sinned against you. The Lord says, no matter how deep the stains of your sins, I can remove it, Isaiah 1.18 says. I can make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. So if you're sitting here this morning or you're listening online and you're saying, I feel like I've got so many sins and I'm so stained, his own word tells us he will remove our stains as freshly fallen snow. One of the things I think is important if we're gonna talk about spiritual transformation is to realize that, that we need to do spiritual checkups every so often. And if, you aren't, if you're the kind of person that doesn't wanna be accountable, you don't want people telling you what to do, this might be a difficult step for you, but I, I like to... Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the message put it this way. Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along, taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You, have, you need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail this test, and here's the phrase, do something about it. Do something about it. We can be 
content today to do very little. And, and we can say, you know what? Oh, that's wonderful, John. Amen, praise the Lord, and do nothing about it. His word says, do something about it. Because as you realize that that spiritual transformation is not only gonna change your life, but it's gonna change the lives of those around you who see you at work. How about that, that police captain who came to know Jesus and told his whole squad, hey, I know Jesus. And Brian mentioned a little more in first service that, that he got lots of pushback. Oh yeah, people laughed at him. People said, no way, who's that? God's saying to you and me, this spiritual transformation can make a huge difference. A realization, our responsibility, our response is also important. We need to offer up ourselves. I wrote up here, offer, offer up myself. Listen to Luke 15, 12. He says this, the son drifted away saying, give me my share. He returned to the father saying, make me a servant. When we offer up ourselves, we grow in our walk with him. We begin to be transformed spiritually. The second thing that he tells us is, is Romans 12, 1 and 2. And you're catching this, holy and pleasing to God. You know these two verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's what he's asking us to do. That's part of the spiritual transformation. Before we go too much farther, how about the father's response? Filled with love and compassion, he ran out to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. Bring the best, he said. Remember Isaiah 1, 8? No matter how deep the stain of your sin, I can remove it. As clean as freshly fallen snow. That's what he's giving us the ability. That's spiritual transformation. That's giving us the opportunity to say, you know what? I get this. And as I realize that I'm offering up myself to you, things begin to change. I'm looking at a phenomenally good looking group of people who I'm sure if we had time today and we went around the entire audience would say to us, you know what, here's some great things God's been doing in my life. And then if some would be honest, they'd say, here are some things that I have always struggled with in my life. And I say to you, as I say to myself, we need to offer ourselves up. We need to say, here I am, God. I want this spiritual transformation. I want to be able to, to say, I, I'm, I'm identified it. I'm offering myself up. Here I am. Forgive me. Take me from this point and use me in a very powerful way. The fourth thing is our recognition. And I use it this way, and, and I'm talking because this is a tough step for us because sometimes we don't allow ourselves to get into this spiritual transform, spiritually transformed mode or method. And it's this. Live with gratitude. John, that seems pretty simple. Live with gratitude. He says, this is the John talking in 23 and 24, we must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. This dad was incredible. His love for his son was evident. What was in his heart came forth. My, my challenge to you today as it is to me is to be able to get in our hearts what comes forth, which is gratitude. We don't just need to be always upset and always grumpy and always bummed and always mad at this and so-and-so didn't do this and so-and-so. Trust me, we are living in a day right now where we are trying as hard as we can as your staff. Not to please everybody, but to really focus on what God wants us to do. 
So we're trying to find places to meet and we're trying to decide what it means to, to wear masks and to, get, to gather together and do this. And, and we're doing it with love in our hearts. We're not, our, our goal is not to change anybody or to turn anybody away. But one of the things that, that I want to challenge you with this morning is, is we are spiritually transformed is to learn how to live with gratitude. That can be challenging at times. And, and one of the things that, uh, that I always thought about in my own life was, John, are you that way? This week, I finally got to a project that's been looking me in the eyes for about two and a half years. When we moved into our home, we painted all the walls. We do that every time. We paint all the walls a certain color. We have a color we like. We decided not to paint the ceilings in our bathrooms because they just seemed to be pretty good. But in painting the walls, there were some smudges that got up on our ceiling. So every day I'd go in there and I kind of like, there's my sin. I'd see the smudges up there and I'd go, gosh, imagine all the people that come in and go, John's a terrible painter. Look at those smudges. So in a sense, that was my sin. So I paint the first one. And I, I, you, you've heard me say this before, but we were, we were scrambling this week. I mean, Thursday, we were waiting for an answer. Friday, I zipped into the office and, and signed a contract and sent it back and got all these things going. I said, sure, I'm gonna paint the first ceiling. Let me know how it, it goes. And this is where the, the transformation had to come to me because I realized where, who I am. Now, when I called, my lovely wife said, John, you know, our, our ceilings, the, the wood isn't so good and it's probably a little dry and she's going on, she's being so kind to me. I go, well, that's kind. And I'm thinking to myself, why is she so kind to me? Because am I going to be defensive and say, hey, dear, I just worked my tail off to paint those ceilings and you're telling me that I can't paint. I walked into that first bathroom and to use a phrase that everybody has kind of grabbed a hold in the last 20 years, it sucked. I mean, there are streaks everywhere. I mean, my wife could have literally said to me on the phone, John, you're a horrible painter. I can't believe you even think you got it done. There's nothing done. Get in here and get it done. And that's not Cheryl, although it could be because there's some things that she probably needs to say to me. But, but what, what, I, what it reminded me of or what it made me aware of is would I have become defensive even after God had, had blessed me with kind words and said, you know, hey, so here's the good news. There's a second coat on both ceilings now and they look way better. But, but it was good for me to realize that, that I was thankful that, that the transformation that I need to be aware of is, you know what, John, don't be so defensive. Don't be so focused on your work. Realize that when good things happen and you get the ceilings done, you can celebrate. And here's what uh, Rick Warren gave, and I like this point. I took it out of his outline, but it was this. We're to sing to God. We're to sing to God. Listen to these two verses. Psalm 13, 6. I will sing, sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. And Psalm 68, four says this, sing to God, sing praises to his name, lift up a song to him. His name is the Lord. Spiritual transformation happens when we learn to sing. I'm not telling you today that you have to carry a tune. I'm not saying that you have to be the greatest singer in the world. What I'm telling you is that what he's asking us for is the spiritual transformation comes when we can learn to have gratitude in our hearts, in the midst of everything, sing to God. You need those times regularly. It's a great reminder for me just to be able to stop and to sing. And, and as a dad, there are times when I was going 350 miles an hour and my kids would do something great and, and the Lord would remind me very gently, nudge me and my wife would gently nudge me and say, hey, be excited for these guys or your daughter because this is important. Live with gratitude, sing to God. And, and you know what? Here's a challenge for sing in church. Some of you are going, John, I don't want to sing. I'm too, you know, I'm a cool guy. I'm a cool gal. I don't sing. Sing to God. Begin to realize that the spiritual transformation gives you and me a chance to just have gratitudes, gratitude in our hearts. So the four things real quickly, 
You find yourself sick and tired of being tired or sick and tired of being sick and tired. Own up to your own sin. Offer up yourself and sing to God. Is this your need to be spiritually transformed? You find yourself today, the Holy Spirit just nudging you in one of those areas, maybe in all of those areas and saying, hey, here's what I want to do with you. I want you to be spiritually transformed. Let's pray.